Hi, it's Rain and G. It's Nostalgia Day. I'm missing my country. I'm missing many of the things that have made my life important and beautiful and wonderful. And uh, that's a rainy day. It's the uh, beginning of February. We did see a robin today. So for those of you who live up in the northern parts of our world, it's coming. Spring is coming. Don't worry. They're not on their way out of here yet, but at least they're foraging for food and, and getting ready. Um, so maybe it won't be a whole six weeks more of winter after all. And notice that many of our predictions came true. I told you that um, there'd be a lot of snow on the East Coast. There'd be ice. Um, Buffalo wouldn't get a lot of snow. I told you there would be earthquakes in places you never expected them. Um, I'm still thinking that before the end of next week or the week after, we will see something major happen in the United States, whether that's an assassination attempt um, uh, or an attack of some kind. Um, that's coming because the people need it to pull together once again. And we do have a lot of pulling together going on. You know, we have the tea parties. We have um, the election cycles in Massachusetts and in Florida and screwed up the primary in Illinois completely because people just wouldn't do the work or were burnt out or whatever trying to get Obama's seat back. And, and the the uh, Republican who won that one is a, a what people call a rhino, a Republican in name only, um, votes for all the wrong things. So we're, we're not getting to the point that we need to get to yet. And I guess that's what makes me miss my country. You know, I have a lot of belief systems, just like everybody else does. I, I believe in the Founding Fathers and the Constitution. I grew up with the milkman delivering milk and Santo and Johnny playing Sleepwalk and Elvis Presley and Superman and Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe was one of my idols. I was voted most athletic in high school, and that was a first. Um, they'd never had a woman do that before. Um, got my letter, which was also a first. This is, you know, the, the 50s and 60s. So um, those were hard times. Those were tough times. But the difference was, it seems to me, that we had presidents, leaders, that weren't quite as corrupt as they are today and were much more patriotic. Now, you know, Woodrow Wilson, terrible man, and FDR voted in three times, three terms, you know, Obama would like to be voted in three terms also. But they were influenced by European states of being that that almost destroyed us. I mean, World War II was not a necessity until FDR made it one because of the... Um, the depression we needed to put people to work. And if you don't believe that that war was brought on by FDR, then you need to do some history looking and, and studying because, of course, it was. Um, we, we even set up some of our ships and our airports so that they'd be easy targets. So, you know, but it put Americans back to work. And how that happened was they converted car factories into plane factories and then they started selling those things to the British and the Chinese and um, and the Germans before the Germans got into wars. I mean this was all this was all going on all over the place. And that's what helped finally uh, after World War II get us out of the depression and make us the strongest economy and the strongest um, 
military in the strongest country in the world. And, uh, and, and that's what I grew up with. You know, being born in 1950, yeah, there was the Korean conflict. We should never should have gone to that. Um, 1953, my father was a pilot, so of course he was gone again. He was an Air Force pilot. Um, and we never should have gone to that, but we did because we had this new idea of who we were, or the, the world had this new idea of who we were. Most Americans wanted to be isolationists before World War II and stay that way, which is what Ron Paul is looking for now. We can't be isolationists now because we put our fingers in too many pots all over the world. You can't just say, okay, now we're leaving and we're going to put walls up around our country and we'll trade with you once in a while. That won't, that won't do it anymore. Partly because we borrowed so much from other countries, which we used to lend them money. Now we borrow the money. Um, we lent everybody money in the 50s and the 60s and uh, into the late 60s. We also got involved in things that we shouldn't have gotten involved in. And we had presidents that um, were and weren't corrupt. I mean, Nixon was corrupt. I was around for him. I was around for JFK. He was the last real Democratic president. He wasn't um, co-opted by the progressives. So he was a Democrat. And for those Democrats out there who listen to me, that's why you're so confused, because you, you know that you have a Democratic mindset, but that's not who's leading this country. It's the progressives that are leading the country. And then there were the Republicans. I grew up in New York State, one of the most liberal places in the country. I now live in the most conservative state in the country. <laughs> so I, I've definitely um, gone through a little culture shock moving to where I moved to, but, but I had to. And it's beautiful down here, so that's okay. Um, but we, we've had uh, Woodrow Wilson and FDR and Lyndon Johnson and Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton and now Obama on the Democratic progressive side. And, of course, even the Bushes were progressive in their own way because they, they believe in Teddy Roosevelt, who was another scoundrel that we had as a leader. Now, we got through all those times. Somehow... Somehow, we got through the Depression and came back. We got through World War II and came back. Um, I was a Marine and am a Marine, because once a Marine, always a Marine. But we got through Vietnam. We had Jane Fonda over there, you know, working with the NVA, that's the North Vietnamese Army, um, actually sitting in their gun boxes and smiling and laughing. And they killed hundreds of thousands of Americans. But it was okay, because she was a progressive Marxist, um, a left person who was anti-war. So go be on the side of the enemy. Um, Hanoi Jane, she was called. And for any of you Vietnam veterans out there, you know how you feel about her. Well, that's Hollywood. And that is, I mean, her husband at the time, uh, right after that actually, was Tom Hayden, who is still part of the radical left um, that gives money and organizes behind uh, not just Hollywood, but everything that's going on in Washington, they're still doing it. <laughs> they're still doing it. And they wonder who the Tea Partiers are, who the who this weird fringe movement is, according to MSNBC. You have to understand that Chris Matthews used to work in Congress, and he'd love to be a congressman. And he wants to be part of that progressive party because he was a 60s person who was anti-war. Okay, now I'm anti-war, but I fought for my country. Because I see my country as a family thing. You know, you can be really mad at your mother, but don't let anybody else say anything about her. You can be upset at what your father said, but you'll respect it. 
and you'll still do what Dad says. And don't let anybody else say anything about it. You can be upset about America. But if you are an American and understand that America is your family, you'll never say anything about it to anyone outside your family. You wouldn't go to Germany or Poland or France or Australia or Indonesia where there is now a statue of Obama holding an Indonesian flag, which I think is treason. I don't think an American president, regardless of how old he is depicted as, should be holding the flag from any other country anywhere. Um, but anyway, you don't go to those places and talk about your family. You never put your family down. That's not an Italian thing. It's not a, a mafia thing. It's an American thing. It's an American family thing. And you know how you feel that you can have your internal squabbles with your kids or your spouses or your grandparents or your mother or your father or whoever it is. But when somebody else starts saying, yeah, they are, man, they're real jerks, you're ready to punch them out because they're not allowed to say that. You know that you love them. And so because you love them and because you know that, um, it's okay for you to say things, but they shouldn't be saying things. So you defend them. You fight for them. You actually go to war for them if you have to. So I'm not for war. Neither neither were the founding fathers. They didn't like war. Jefferson was very anti-war. He was a federalist. Um, Adams was anti-war. But, but they knew that without that force, without that military strength, that freedom would be lost. And so, yeah, we need our armies and our marines and our sailors and um, let's see, what did Obama call the corpsman, the corpsman? Because he, he obviously did not grow up in this country and know who these people were. Something very wrong about how he doesn't understand what a corpsman is. I don't get that. So, uh, anyway, I mean, we need that because that's how you defend freedom here. Now, should we be running over to every other country and pushing freedom there? Not necessarily. But, um, but we do. And that's, you know, that's where we became too imperialistic. And that's where capitalism and imperialism get confusing and confused to everyone. There's a difference between capitalism, which is the free market enterprise of, of our republic, and the use of that capitalism to pervade or invade other places. So, See, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm not even a real independent. I guess I'm, I'm one of those in between all kinds of people because um, I believe that you need a free market to succeed or lose, whichever one you're going to do, fail, and failure is okay. And I tell, used to tell my kids the same thing. You know, it could be that you do fail at something, so go ahead. Fail. Because you can fail a million times. That's All that is is finding the right way. And it's okay. Um, so I believe in all those things. I don't think anybody or anything is too big to fail. I don't think they should be bailed out. And I think we become enablers. And it's very costly in many ways to become enablers. If you're enabling a friend who keeps taking drugs, you know, they, everybody says, well, i got to go take my meds. Why? Why do you have to go take your meds? Stop taking your meds. Clean out your body. Clean out your mind, your spirit. Start doing the things you need to do so that you don't have to go take your meds. Half of the problem with this country right now is that the people in it are drugged. And don't you think that our leadership knows that? They started in the 60s. Well, they started way back in the 20s, 1913 and all that stuff. But in the 60s, the people that are in charge now were the ones who were on drugs then. 
they know what drugs can do to you. Okay, they got off the drugs and got onto the bandwagon of corruption and, and elitism. But they know that you're on drugs. And so you've become passive and apathetic and, and angry. I, all I see is anger in people. So they, right away they're angry. And if you're going to fight their leftist ways, you know, then, then you need to die. And things, I mean, horrible things that people on the left will say. I don't see that on the right. I see them being angry at the government and, and the loss of the virtues and principles of America. But I don't see them going after trying to kill everybody. Or wanting to, or wanting somebody on the left to die. I don't hear that from them. So there, there is a, a dichotomy and a terrible sickness that is going on in our country, which has to be healed. If we don't heal this sickness soon, we will not have a country anymore. We have to get to the point where we heal this country. Now, how do you do that? Well, first of all, get off your pragmatic bandwagon. You know, if you go too far to the right or to the left, and you're going to, that, that wing, left wing or right wing, is going to dip. And when it dips too far, you crash. You go into the ground, regardless if you're a bird or a plane or whatever you are. you got to get off of that pragmatism, that, that, don't be an Obamanite. You know, he says one thing and does another. He says, oh, we're, we're broken and we've got to learn to cooperate. And then he goes off to a, another meeting two minutes later and tears everybody apart that he, was, he just spoke to. Um, that's high school. That's junior high. That's kindergarten. That's the stuff that kids do when, they, when nobody's letting them do exactly what they want. Um, and they're, they're not getting away with everything that they thought they could. Um, it's kid stuff. And we have a very immature government right now. Very immature. All the way around. All the way through through Congress and the, 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 the staff and the czars and all of these people who never grew up from the 60s who felt like they lost, you know, something. They don't know what they lost, but they felt like they lost. If they would understand that they did stop the war, they did cause Richard Nixon to overstep his boundaries and resign. Um, they weren't all bad. They stopped the war. The problem is the way the politicians stopped the war was not right. They walked out of Vietnam and 100 million people were slaughtered. So you can be anti-war now. I don't like the war in Afghanistan. I don't like what we did in Iraq. I don't like any of it because it's war. But I'll be damned as an American. If we do go to war, we go for the right reasons and we go to win. We don't walk out and abandon people, just like you wouldn't walk out from your family and abandon them and let them be slaughtered. We can't do that. We did it in Vietnam. It was wrong. It was wrong to do. It was wrong to be there in the first place. Johnson was the one who got us there, a Democrat. Remember that. Clinton was actually the one who got us into Afghanistan and Iraq. Okay, Bush did his thing with Kuwait. Um, but Carter had done his thing with with Iran and um, therefore Iraq and that's why Iraq went to Kuwait and that's why Bush had to go to Kuwait and then Bush didn't finish Kuwait and then Clinton came in and we had all kinds of terrorist attacks and lots of Marines dying in Beirut and other places. Everybody forgets all this. They forget this. And and then what did George W. inherit? Everybody said, oh, we, we inherited this bad economy and everything. What did George W. Bush inherit? Granted, he's also a New World Order progressive um, president. Not the right president for any country like ours. However, he loved this country. And he inherited 
Al-Qaeda from Bill Clinton, who did nothing for eight years. So when your president now says, oh, we've had a decade. Yeah, you had a decade. Is right. You had eight years of Bush and several years of Clinton, who disgraced the office through his his uh, own immorality, was impeached but not removed. Why? Why wasn't he removed from office? Nobody ever questions that. Now he's looked upon as this wonderful president. Everybody loves him. Why? He disgraced the office and set you up for an attack on 9-11. It was an inside job, okay? It was inside because Clinton did nothing for eight years. <laughs> okay? And now you've got this president who keeps saying, look at we, what we inherited. Who voted against all regulations of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac while he was a senator? Barack Obama. Who voted to push the swine flu and the avian flu um, as a crisis so that senators, he and others, could invest in pharmaceutical companies and make a lot of money? Barack Obama. Who says he's a middle-class president but comes from who knows where and was put through Harvard by a Saudi prince? Barack Obama. Okay, this man is not this wonderful messiah that you, that you, and I've told you this for two years or more. You gotta get off this radical pragmatic trip you're on. The man is dangerous. And his people are dangerous. And that's where the Tea Partiers are coming from. They're older than you. You know, he appealed to the 20 to 35 year olds who went through seeing their leftover hippie parents still be on drugs and do weird things and let their kids get away with anything they wanted to. Gave them credit cards and, and cell phones and total freedom to go be or do whatever you wanted to do without responsibility for your acts whatsoever. If you got in credit card trouble, daddy will pay for it. If you got pregnant, get an abortion. Um, if you're the boy and you got ten girls pregnant, that's just being a boy, isn't it? You're not responsible. And it's those kind of boys who have fathers who are in the pro-life movement who are totally dogmatic about pro-life and abortion. Well, I want all you guys, all you men, all you boys, you, you little boys who haven't grown up yet, to think about all the women you slept with and how many babies you might have left behind. Okay? Now, am I, am I pro-abortion? No, I believe that abortion kills. However... We don't stop that by saying every woman who gets pregnant has to have a baby. If my daughter was raped by some lunatic, I'm not going to say, well, too bad, you've got to live with this baby. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. Because the, the, the conception was not done with any kind of love whatsoever. And that's what God sees as life, is conception with love. You can't conceive with hate. That's not, that's just, just can't happen. So, what I would be somewhere in the middle that says, no, I don't believe in abortion, certainly not abortion funding, which is done through Planned Parenthood and other places. Um, certainly not federal dollars for abortion. If you haven't learned how to take care of your body and you haven't learned to train your boys to take care of their bodies, then the parents should be responsible and the parents should pay for that child. Because it was their responsibility to begin with. And those are the people who are in our government now. They're the 50, 60-year-olds who have these kids who, and 40-year-olds, but they, they have these kids who just think they can do whatever they want. Women have fallen off the pedestal completely. Give their bodies away for nothing. They're all sluts. You know? And it's okay to sleep with 50 people and find out which one's good. What is the hell does that mean? 
You know, sex is for reproduction, not fun. Got news for you. That came from God. You go out and procreate, but don't go around and screw everybody every day. That's not what it's supposed to be about. That's not what sex is about. Now, men have been taught because, as little boys, they were taught by by their parents who have no other idea what life is about, that they can go have sex with anybody they want. You know, with a condom or not. doesn't matter anyway. You have violated the woman that you're with. But she doesn't see it as a violation anymore because her mother had free love. So go have as much sex as you want. Okay, now we have cervical cancer, breast cancer. We have all kinds of female diseases that are supposedly being handled by more drugs and everybody has to take their meds to survive. And then we have the abortion issues, which keep becoming the big political issue for everyone when it shouldn't even be in our range of government anyway. It shouldn't be the president who decides whether abortion is good or bad, or Congress. This is a state thing. It shouldn't be that way. Okay? So, and then there's the budget stuff. You know, I've got mm, three credit cards, that's all. I shouldn't even have three. I should only have one, but... You know, one's a MasterCard, one's a Visa, you know. And some places take some things, and sometimes you need things for emergencies, and I keep one for all my emergency stuff. Um, now, if I max out all those credit cards, you know, I've got $50,000 worth of charges on my credit cards. Should I go out and get another credit card? Or should I call the credit card companies and raise my limits so I can charge some more? Well, that's what our government just did. They can't make any more money. <laughs> so they want to go borrow some more, which is charging. They're charging it. That's what this generation of people learned, that they can charge and charge and charge. And if they don't pay it back, they'll just default. No problem. They'll claim bankruptcy. No problem. They'll let somebody else pay for it. No problem. So they raised the debt ceiling some more. Our debt ceiling is greater than the GDP of most countries. The gross domestic product of France. That's what, that, of the whole country. <laughs> if you look at what's going to happen to our children and our grandchildren with this debt, it's, the, it's greater than the GDPs of the whole world. Nobody can pay this back. This is what should scare you because we owe money to China and Japan. China's not stupid. They're not good. And all you Chinese who listen to my podcast, you know what's going on in your country. You know that America was the last hope for freedom, which Lefkowenza now says isn't anymore. Makes me cry when I hear that. But you know what's going on there. And they're buying up everything. Now, I got upset years ago. Here I am, the child of the 50s and 60s, and joined the Marines in 1968. Watched a lot of presidents come and go. Watched a lot of tyranny on the streets. You know, the Democratic National Convention where the police did things that they shouldn't have done against demonstrators. I've been through every kind of thing in life that you can think of. You know, I've worked in small business. I've, I've been an independent contractor. I've worked for corporations. I've been in politics, small town, but still... I've been an organizer. I know what the left is all about because I, I taught courses 
at the university level in the early 70s on that. So I've been around the block, okay, in all these different areas. Um, What's happening now is is a little scary. (laughs) I got mad back 25 years ago when Japan was buying buildings in New York City. I got mad when I found out that the Chinese or um, the Germans or... Um, even the Russians owned part of our national park system, which was set up by the progressives. So, of course, you know, they sold it to them <laughs> because they believe that we should all be like Russia and China or Cuba or Venezuela. Um, and my feeling still is, if, if why are you trying to change my country? If you don't like your family, you don't go run away from home. You're not going to change the family because the family is going to fight. And this this country's going to fight. The patriots in this country are going to fight for what is right. You're going to hear a new mantra from Obama and all of his people. You're going, every time you hear a speech now, you're going to hear this come out from somebody, whether it's a congressman or, or, or a czar or whatever. They're going to say, because it's the right thing to do, or do the right thing. That's what they're going to say. Because this new guy is back in town, the one who, who did Obama's campaigning, and he's trying to rebrand him. So instead of the yes, we can, it's now the right thing to do. And you're going to keep hearing that so that you're going to start feeling like, oh, you know, I should give my house to those people, and I could go move somewhere else because, you know, I've lived a good life for 40 years, so I'll give my house to them and I'll live in a shack because it's the right thing to do. We should keep borrowing money and go into debt so that our children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, generations, generations and generations have to pay for things because we've had such a good life here and it's the right thing to do. We should push universal health care regardless of whether anybody in this country wants it or because only 19% now want it because it's the right thing to do. Well, it's not the right thing to do. It's the left thing to do. And that's where they got you. They keep calling it the right thing. It's the super left thing to do. And you have to fight. You have to fight if you believe in your country, if you believe that your country is your family. You have to fight for that. And if that means fighting for it with one election here and one election there and taking your vitamins and drinking your good water and fighting maybe just for clean water, maybe picking one issue that you need to fight for like gun control, or not gun control, the Second Amendment rights of every American citizen, or immigration, which is going to flash up real quick, or this climate hoax, which every other country in the world now knows is a hoax, but we're going to push a climate bill anyway? What's wrong with that picture? Because it's the right thing to do. No, it's the left thing to do. Learn that. It is not the right thing to do. It's the left thing to do. And unless we learn that, we're going to keep paying for this and keep paying for this until we can't pay for it. And we're going to get bought out. We don't. They won't need a war. They'll just buy us. And when that happens, there won't be any more farms like I grew up with where farmers knew what they wanted to grow and they sold it. It was wonderful. We had little corner stores. We had farmer's markets. Um, we didn't have genetically modified food. We didn't have farmers being paid to not grow anything. Yep, we had migrant workers. They came here and said, this is the only place you can get a job. So then what do you have? Shea Guevara saying, they need to get paid more. Well, go back to your own country. 
we gave the opportunity to be free. And that freedom said that you could move around and you could work. I worked. I picked berries. I picked grapes. I tied grapes. I pulled brush. I worked on farms like you wouldn't believe. I mean, that's what I did as a kid. What do your kids do? I mowed lawns. I shoveled sidewalks. I babysat. I worked at the library. I cleaned urinals. I scrubbed floors. What do your kids do? They have charge cards and cell phones. Guaranteed. My kid still works. She's And she loves working. She doesn't know what to do with, with herself when she's not working. And that doesn't mean that she's working too hard or that, you know, she's working because she has to. She could actually be fine if she didn't work. She's a graduate student right now, but she'd be fine. We figure it all out. No problem. But she wants to work because she has a work ethic. And most kids today have no work ethic. What they have is a government take care of me ethic because daddy and mommy always paid my bills. They gave me everything I wanted. And now that I'm grown up, Obama's my daddy. Congress is my mommy. Give me everything because I don't know how else to do anything. And if you try to take it away from me, I'll call you names and I'll say that you're a lunatic and fringe and you're Nazis. Well, Nazis are left. They're not right. The Nazi movement was progressive. It was progressive socialism. It wasn't right-wing fanaticism. It wasn't right-wing fascism. Fascism actually came from the left. So, you know, you don't even know your history because that's going to be rewritten in all the schools now. There's actually a school in um, Connecticut or New Hampshire, I don't remember which one of those New England places, who's changed their curriculum. So they're going to start history for their students on in their curriculum at um, 1876, which is after the Civil War. And that, that means what that means is nobody's going to learn about George Washington anymore. So the Washington Monument becomes obsolete. Or Abraham Lincoln. So the Lincoln Monument becomes obsolete. It actually makes everything <laughs> obsolete. All the leadership that brought the Republic of the United States together with their blood and their sweat and their tears will be forgotten and rewritten. And remember what uh, Michelle Obama said. We will rewrite history. Well, they are. So that the kids now won't know who any of those founding fathers were. They'll know who um, Woodrow Wilson was, FDR, Teddy Roosevelt, Lyndon Johnson, Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama. And then they'll hear about Eisenhower, who was a reluctant general, and um, Richard Nixon, who was impeached, and George H.W. Bush, who invaded Kuwait and didn't win against Iraq, and George W. Bush, who did Afghanistan and Iraq unnecessarily. So they're going to learn that Republican presidents are no good, that Democratic presidents are the only ones that will take care of you, and as Bill Clinton has said over and over again, progressive radicals can rule this country for 40 decades if they want to. And that's what they're going to try to do. So... I don't want my neighbors coming over and being in charge of my family here. No, thank you. I don't care. They might be pretty good people. Nice. I like them. You know, they're friendly. But they don't have the same values that my family does. And as long as those values are different, I don't want them trying to take over my family. The values that come from the progressive movement are not American values. America was born 
of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. And unless those values are embraced by our leadership, then they are not Americans in my mind. And Mr. Obama, you, sir, not being able to pronounce Corman tells me not only that you are embarrassing and an insult, but that you're not an American. You can't possibly be an American. Everybody I grew up with who's 45 or 48 years old knows who and what a corpsman is. Not a corpsman, a corpsman. It's not the Marine Corps either. It's the Marine Corps. Anyway, I'm missing my country. I hope you're not missing it too much. I mean, if you are, what do you do when you miss your country or when you miss somebody? You get back in touch. You get back in contact. You pull out all the good memories. You start planning a reunion. And that's really what the Tea Partiers are doing. And that's what this um, movement is all about. It's, it's the reunion of the founding principles of the United States. And we have to find a way to pull it all together and unite it. And, and, and we will. And we will get through this. It will be hard. But we're going to do the right thing and keep on fighting. Go to earthwalk-usa.com and buy one or both of the books because we donate a dollar to the Wounded Warriors program for every book that you buy. And those Wounded Warriors are not getting paid by the U.S. government. And one of the programs that Barack Obama will cut and has said he will cut is the Veterans Program. That's on top of Medicare and Social Security, which is now in big trouble. So all of your parents who are over the age of 55 are in trouble. Do you care? Are they too old? They're not productive? They're not useful anymore? My father died when he was 67. <clears throat> I can't remember. I think I was 32 or something like that. I've missed him every day, even though we didn't get along when I was a kid. Because I need, once in a while, that voice of experience, the voice of wisdom, the voice that says, I did it wrong, let me help you do it right. And I don't have that. So if you think that your parents or your grandparents, 55 and older, are useless, wait until you see what happens about 10 years from now when you need somebody to talk to. You better start taking care of them now and making sure that they're protected. Because they're the ones who are going to guide you into a free world, a free United States that is not in debt, that is not getting taken over by any other country that lives by the principles of our founding fathers and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Without those, you wouldn't have a voice or any place to live. So <clears throat> go to earthwalk-usa.com. Please share this. Share this with everybody you can. Always viral it wherever you are on whatever social network. And if you don't like this particular podcast, if you go to Podomatic.com and click on my podcast page, there's 121 podcasts there. There's also 140 of them on iTunes. Um, they're all over the Internet, and they're on many different things. You can talk to God and learn how to talk to God. You can learn about vitamins, about um, autism, about MS, um, bug bites, Lyme disease, you name it. We've got it out there, so go listen to it. And thank you to the more than 470,000 people, including Wasilla, Alaska, and somewhere in Hawaii, that listen to this podcast every time I put it up. This is Raina G. Have a great day.